I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? This is Ben Funky Askren, and you are listening to episode number 23 of the T-Row and Funky Show. And today, I'm going solo. Mr. Tommy Rowland's car broke down, and so he won't be with us tonight. We already have the show planned. We already have a guest coming on, so he can't be with us. So, thank you, as always, to Defend Soap, Defend What You Have Built. And our topic this week is wrestlers transitioning to the world of mixed martial arts. So I thought there's no one better to bring on to talk about this because he has a wealth of knowledge about these subjects. And now he actually works down there at Flow Combat. So welcome in my buddy uh, Front Row Brian. What's up, dude? What's going on, Ben? Hey, thanks for that intro, man. Good to talk to you. Yeah. Hey, congrats on that. Congrats on that win, man. We were all watching Thank in the you. office there live. And I'm actually, actually, I just talked to one of your co-workers, Dwayne Finley, did a little interview with him, and I'm actually hoping you can do the same thing for my podcast as you did for Chael's podcast, because you're his number one rated show. Is that is that correct or false? Yeah, you know, I think he's running an angle on me that, like, he just makes up these numbers, because, like, like always my numbers are suspiciously above like really famous people like stone cold and like paul Heyman and, and all these mma stars it, it's really weird and i i told them that when, when we were at wrestlemania i was like dude you don't need to you know kind of like blow up my ego i i really it doesn't really matter he's like no man those are the numbers so <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know maybe he's still working maybe he's not well i'll tell you with ours i know i can cl- I'm, I'm gonna click on right now you can click on the SoundCloud um, SoundCloud app, which has our show, and you can see exactly what the numbers are for all the previous shows. We had 4,500 last week, Brian, and then obviously that does not include the iTunes numbers, so uh, you know those might be significantly higher. But so we'll we'll see what you do. Maybe you do a huge number, and we have you on uh, more regularly. We'll see what those numbers are, man. I'll, I'll be checking. I'll be pimping this on uh, on Twitter. People <laughs> be sick of seeing it. Cool, cool, cool. Well, so like I said, we're going to talk about wrestlers getting MMA. You, you follow amateur wrestling. Um, you obviously have followed MMA forever. You have a good understanding of the business of it. And so I thought a good place to start this discussion would be with UFC 197 this weekend because you have Henry Cejudo, who's an Olympic gold medalist, so obviously the very, very, very highest of high-level wrestlers. And then you, you know, you also have, uh, John Jones, who was, uh, the only guy to beat Daniel Cormier, who's also an Olympian. And, uh, you know, who was a wrestler himself who had a fair amount of success and decided to take up fighting at an early age. Um, so like, before we get into the wrestling discussion, let's talk about these fights this weekend. How do you see both of those fights going? You know, I, I hate to pick against Cejudo, but I really think Demetrius Johnson at this point at that weight class is, is pretty much unbeatable, but, it just seems like, you know, once, once you start putting that unbeatable tag on these guys, you know, they eventually fall. I, but I, I don't think this is going to be the one though. I, I just yeah. think Demetrius is, he's just so quick and, you know, so precise and he, he never runs out of gas. And, you know, I've, I've had this argument with people that I have not been that impressed by Henry Cejudo in the UFC. I think I was sitting with you last year watching UFC 160-something in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. And he yeah. was yeah he was fighting a, a teammate of yours, uh, maybe Chico. Yeah, he Amos. fought Chico Camus in, uh, in Japan, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I was not that impressed. Chico like, is notoriously really... tough to take. He is like, no one, in our, no one in the gym can take him down. So he is tough to take. Henry did not get a takedown on him, I believe. And people were trying to credit my coaching skills, but... 
You know, I gotta say, it probably didn't have a lot to do that. Chico was just freaking tough to take down. I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, so I, go ahead. I, I think it's I think it's going to turn into more of a striking contest. I think Demetrius Johnson is going to be really hard to take down. Yeah, and, oh, 100%. You, know, I, you know, so and they're they're going to be fighting in that big cage. That's a lot of real estate for for Demetrius to to move about. And then, you know, in the main event, you know, I, I, I mean, John well, Jones. Let me cut in on this Cejudo yeah. topic first. So I got two things which contradict each other. These are my two thoughts about that fight. Um, so number one, I think, you know, when I watch Henry, Henry posts all these little clips with friends on Facebook and stuff. So he posts these little clips of him training. And one of the things I don't like is he's always boxing, just strictly boxing, and he's always working on power. And why I don't like that is because Demetrius, what he does so well is he moves so well, he's hard to hit, and his transition game from striking to takedowns to jiu-jitsu is so smooth. So I think, you know, I think that's kind of where you got to be able to match him. Um, you know, he's not going to stand there and slug with you, so I don't know that power is going to be a huge factor in this. So that that kind of scares me. Have you seen those same things or no? Yeah, you know, I mean, I've even seen, you know, statistical data. There's a guy named Reed Kuhn who puts together all these statistics. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's got some statistics that shows power at 125, it doesn't exist. It's, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's like the, the physics involved, the, the, the size of the guys and, and the amount of force that they can create is just not, it's not much. So that's why, that's why you don't see these highlight reel knockouts. You know, sometimes Demetrius will get a finish, but it's like yeah, it's Don, more, Donson's got it, one or two. I the think. other guy quit. Yeah, there's been there's been a few, but yeah, definitely not not a lot. It's rare at that division. Um, and then my other thought about this fight is that you know, like like you said, Henry's Henry's beat the best guy he's beat is a number seven guy. I think I'm pretty sure. Um, but the thing about Henry would be that in in 2008 when he won the Olympics. No one was predicting that. I mean, he had done nothing to that point that, that led anyone to believe he's going to win the Olympics, right? And so what that tells me is that he knows how to rise to the occasion. And even though it, um, it may not look like he's there and like it didn't look like that in 2008. And then he just goes and wins the freaking Olympics. So I think he definitely has that ability to surprise us. Um, on Saturday night, I think it's there for sure. I think, yeah, I think he believes in himself, which I don't know is going to be enough against Demetrius, but I don't think he's one of those guys who's cashing his chips and said, I'm going to get my ass kicked and call it a day. You know, that's a really good point because you go back to 2013 and the early part of 2014, Henry Cejudo was kind of a laughing stock in the MMA world. Oh, yeah. The butt of a, of a lot of jokes because, dude, it wasn't like he would show up and miss weight. He would no show the weigh ins. I yeah, think he went ha- to the hospital a bunch point. of times. No, it was like three yeah. times in uh, yeah, well, Legacy maybe or something. Yeah, it was in Legacy FC out of Houston, and you know, I was I was all excited about you know this Olympic gold medalist coming coming over to mixed martial arts, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Is it is this guy a flake or how, how the hell did he win an Olympic gold medal? And he, he you know he can't make weight and he's got 28 hours to rehydrate. But uh, I I don't know. I guess somebody or yeah, I don't have good insight into uh, I don't have good insight into what he was doing there. But I remember that and being just dumbfounded by him the failure to miss make weight because, like you said, wrestlers that's what we do. I mean, I was telling someone the other day about how in wrestling, like if you miss by uh, in college wrestling, literally legitimately, if you miss by point two pounds, you just don't get to wrestle in the duel. There's not a second chance. You don't get time to go lose it. You step on the scale and it says 133.2 and you're 133, you're done. Right? So wrestlers, I mean, yeah. that's what we know how to do. And so, yeah, I remember that time and I was shocked by it. Obviously, he's found his way. Uh, I don't know if it would be enough on Saturday night, but he's definitely, Henry always has a fighting shot because you never, you know, he's going to surprise us. But, you know, Ben, where I was going with that was, you know, maybe you're right. It's like, He's, he's shown us nothing to this point to suggest that he can beat Mighty Mouse. Yeah. But maybe he does it, just like he, he won gold in Beijing. And another person like that was, uh, and it might speak to that champion mindset, but another person just like that was Holly Holm. I mean, if you would have told me Holly Holm was going to beat Ronda going into that fight, 
I had actually seen a few of, of Holly's fight on like the Access TV or whatever it was, and then her, her early UFC fights, she just didn't look that good. She didn't hit that hard. She wasn't great with everything, you know, being a well-rounded fighter. It just there was really nothing that pointed to her kicking Ronda's ass, and then boom, she did it right. Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, Holly, you know, she fought uh, a Walmart greeter, a Taco Bell cashier, <laughs> and then went in there against Raquel Pennington and, uh, and a, literally a 38 year old gym teacher named Renault or Merritt, something like that. <laughs> and it was just like, Holly looks really uninspiring. Like, it, yeah. you're like, this, this is what the hype is about. What, are you kidding me? But, you know, she looked so good against Ronda. It was just like, was she sandbagging? Was she working us here? Yeah, maybe it's that, you know, some, some people, and I know, I know I've seen a lot of them wrestling who, they, they play to the level of their competition. And when, when the lights are bright, they show up, right? But if it's like a, a nobody, they'll wrestle like dog crap and just barely win. So may, maybe Holly's one of those. Maybe, maybe that's Henry too, because obviously Henry is, uh, like you said, he, you know, he's had a lot of sub, subpar performances. Um, so maybe he's going to step up on Saturday night and shock us all. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be something. That would be, uh, one more championship, right? For the, uh, USA wrestling team of 2008. Well, I will you tell guys you. guys are what? 42 and 1? Well, Mako's also has a loss. So, uh, oh, okay. you know, there, I think he's got one loss. So we have two losses as, as the four of us. Um, but yeah, I think we're four forty, so forty eight and two, or something pretty damn good. I'll tell you that much. Sure. So I think that listen that transitions really well into uh into what we the meat of really what we wanted to talk about uh, mm-hmm. because a lot of these old time wrestlers they don't they don't like they don't necessarily like wrestling people going in MMA. But I think what's been proven over the last twenty years plus. Is that wrestlers are just really, really freaking good at fighting people, right? And am I am I off on that one? Yeah, yeah, they're they're the best. They're you know they've been training to cut weight since they were little kids. They've been building that uh, that sh- uh, core strength, the the grip strength, and if you can dictate where the fight takes place, you know you you just start it with a, a tremendous advantage. Definitely. So um, I mean, so obviously, if you get the, if you take that 2008 team like you're talking about. That was the first time that the highest of high-level wrestlers from freestyle crossed over to mixed martial arts. So, you know, that, that initial wave, um, you did have a couple in the beginning, you know, sprinkling a Mark Coleman um, and a Kevin Randleman, who Kevin Randleman never wrestled internationally, but obviously he was a, a stud NCAA wrestler. Um, but that first real wave of wrestlers into martial arts was that whole Greco team, right? So you got Matt Linlin. Dan Henderson, Randy Couture, and a bunch of other guys right in the area that were all Greco wrestlers, and for some reason, that maybe because they're friends, uh, Chael, obviously, how did I forget him? Wow. Um, for whatever reason, they all hopped into the sport of mixed martial arts really, really early on, and obviously, almost every one of those guys I named had a huge amount of success, but 2008 was the first time you saw the freestyle guys hop into it, and obviously, we've had a lot of success also, so, uh, you know, the point there becomes is, We've also seen non-really, really high wrestlers. So say uh, John Jones, who was a good wrestler, right? He was a JUCO champ. Or a Demetrius Johnson, who was a good high school wrestler. He's a UFC champ. So at what point does uh, the wrestling factor in? Like, you know, do you have to be the highest of the high level? Or is there a level that's good enough to make it an MMA and then you can be done and go fight? I think, I think if you're good enough, I mean, if you can stop a takedown... If you're like Robbie Lawler and you you figured out how to you know sprawl and brawl, uh, you know and keep the fight on the feet, then I mean that that's good enough, you know. The, but I I would say that the more credentialed you are, the the more uh, seasoned you are as a wrestler, the better. But obviously, there's you know like even you look at a guy like Benson Henderson, a former champion that's going to fight in Bellator. He's tomorrow fighting for night. Scott tomorrow night, and I, I will tell you. Uh, Brian, I don't want to get off subject, but I'll tell you, yeah, if Kreshkov beats Benson Harrison, I'm going to be insufferable to people. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to make you look good. Yeah, because you, uh, yeah, that, he wasn't even competitive. But I, was, I, I out hit him 248 to 3. <laughs> <laughs> three, did, 
reason I bring up Benson was, you know, he was not a very highly recruited guy. I think he went to some NAIA school to Dana, in the middle actually, of Nebraska. I watched him a lot at the Open Tournaments wrestle. Um, a lot of our backups, I, you know, I believe a guy named James Williamson wrestled him a few times. I believe he might have wrestled Michael Chandler um, a couple times. So, yeah, you know, he, like I said, he's a tough wrestler, but he wasn't was an amazingly high-level wrestler by, by any sense of the imagination. Yeah, so I, I think some of these guys that are that are kind of like average Division One wrestlers, I don't think they should say, hey, I'm, I'm just an average wrestler. I, you know, I, I probably wouldn't be good at this MMA thing. You know, I, I think the guys might have a, should have a different attitude. It's like, you know, sometimes, you know, like uh, Roshaw was a three-time national champion in Oklahoma State. Yeah. Wasn't it one? Wasn't I don't even know if he was better than Shane Roller if you compare Ooh. their their success, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, and that's like you know when when you talk about the the floor of an elite level wrestler, um, you know, that's kind of like where they get to it, it you know. And, and so he was in, obviously at mid the UFC, um, I think what two and two or two and three somewhere to that effect. Uh, but yeah, I was shocked he could never figure it out uh, because he was tough as shit in wrestling and. He he really tapped pretty easily to some submissions. I was kind of shocked by Rochal on that one. Yeah, you know, and I, I think he also had some neck issues that that really messed with him, and and then he just had to call it a career because he's, you know, maybe a few years more down the road he was looking at getting that thing fused. And I I've talked to some guys in pro wrestling, you know, like like uh, X Pac, Sean Waltman. Yeah. Uh-huh. And man, that's uh, that's uh, an awful procedure. I mean, that's that's some serious stuff. Speaking of pro wrestling, I got I I got ADD, so sometimes it's very hard for me to stay on task. I did watch when I was overseas in Singapore. I watched uh, the DDP and Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, and that was that was awful. That was like torture, right? Seeing this dude relapse over. And over and over again, and I guess it kind of had a happy ending, but um, it seemed to me like even though it had a happy ending, that that dude is going to have a hard time staying clean. Yeah, it's a it's a daily struggle for a guy like that, man. It, that guy's just been been through so much, and it's just a, an accomplishment that that he's still alive. You know, it's oh like, god, yeah. How, how is he still here? You know, I was at WrestleMania a few weeks ago, and. For the first time ever, I got to meet one of my great heroes, the Iron Sheik. <laughs> and, uh, yes. Yeah, it, it was it was such an honor to finally meet the Sheik after you know being such a such a fan of his. You know, just even the, my the way I tweet uh, is inspired from the Sheik and the way he talks. But it was um, it was kind of sad to see the, the type of shape that he was in. You know, but uh, you know, being in bad shape, I guess, is better than the alternative that, that some of the other wrestlers have uh experience like like we just saw with Joey Lauer, you know, China. Oh, 45 years old. Hey, I just got a message. Tommy will call in eventually. So, um all right, <laughs> we so, go log it up. We'll we'll wake up with him. So, we'll be good. We'll be good to roll. So, okay, class of 2016, mixed martial arts. Wrestling mixed martial arts. So, here's here's who I got that we know is fighting for sure. And I think right. you and I have talked. I think we got a few other maybes or probablys or I, you know, I don't know what the hell you want to call it, but not for sure. So here's who I got. Sure. I got Aaron Pico, Ed Ruth, Duran Wynn, and Tyrell Fortune are the ones that are fighting for sure. And uh, I think you said probably Chris Perry and probably Jordan Oliver. Is that correct? Perry, I think is a bigger if. I, I know, I know he's a huge fan of MMA, but you know, he also comes from wrestling, you know, royalty. So I, I, I don't think that's a, a for sure. But uh I, I really think Jordan Oliver, you know, I I have a strong suspicion he's very close to signing with Zinkin and, and going to train at AKA in San Jose. So I've heard uh actually you know what I heard? I talked to Dwayne today. And I've heard that uh Duran Wynn and Ed Ruth have both now moved to Fresno, California to train full time. And Aaron Pico will be splitting time between Fresno and L.A. where he, I guess he's got a boxing coach that he's been working with since he was a young kid. So he's even thinking about taking a few pro boxing bouts, which is like, wow, to me. I mean, this dude's almost makes the Olympic wrestling team at 19 years old um, and is obviously going to make the transition to mixed martial arts. And now he's also going to take pro boxing fights. He's he going to be the ultimate combat athlete ever. Well, you know, on, on Twitter last week, I, I called them basically 
to MMA, he's like what LeBron James was in 2003 as a high school kid. There's never been an MMA prospect quite like him who has the background in pancreation, which if you look at the origin of pancreation, that is basically the original MMA. You know, it's like it, it combined wrestling and, and striking it, into one sport. I think it's something like 650 BC was the first, uh, you know, evidence of, of pancreation. Mm-hmm. So he, he's a national champion of pancreation. He's a national junior, uh, golden, golden gloves champion in boxing. He is, he was damn close to being an Olympian in wrestling as a teenager competing against grown men, which is, I can't un- understand yeah, I mean- that enough. Making making the team at 19, obviously. Kyle Steiner's made it seem more pedestrian, right, because he won the world championships at 19, but making the Olympic team at 19 years old is... I mean, I, I, there's been no one that's done it in freestyle wrestling in, in 20 years or more. I mean, that's that's my recollection, right? That's when I started being a fan. But, you know, I can't... I think maybe Jimmy Carr in freaking 1976. I mean, it's it's been a long time been a really long time so i mean there's never been a prospect quite like this kid and you know hopefully the the expectations you know that it it doesn't get to him because it's going to be one of those things he could go out there and it's his debut i'm hearing some rumors of of the fall for his uh, first mma fight maybe maybe you know better than me i've not i've not heard but i mean you know if, if i were him and I think with what the Bellator structure has been lately, they're they're gonna feed him some pretty easy fights. Um, you know, yeah, it's almost too much like what they're doing with Michael Venom Page, where they're really, 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 you know, going very slow with him. Um, but you know, I'm suspecting that he's 19. They're giving him a few fights where he can get in there and look like freaking world champion, right? I mean, that's what I'm assuming. I, I got a. Yeah, I, I gotta think his first couple of fights will be against guys who are 0 and 0 like him, or you know 0 and 1 or, or 1 and 0, something like that, which is which is good. I mean, all those guys should start at that level. Ed Ruth, uh, Tyrell Fortune, Deron Wynn. Um, I'm interested to see him because you know he's uh, he's he's pretty small, right? You know, I mean, uh, height wise, short, short for sure. Yeah, so so that's gonna be interesting. I mean, I, I can tell he he can scrap though, but. Um, you know, we, I I also thought Cormier was was too short for heavyweight, and he beat up all the heavyweights before he went to two or five. <laughs> well, you know, Cormier under, obviously understood. Fighting's all about understanding what you're good at and how to how to get to that one area, right? And Daniel did it really well. He always he never fought from the outside, which is something a short person shouldn't do. He always fought from the inside, and he blended it really well with his wrestling. And so, obviously, that worked really well for him. Uh, and that's what Duran will have to do. I, I think Ruth. I personally think Ruth is going to be so freaking ridiculously good. Um, I think he kind of lost his motivation for wrestling in the last year, which is which is kind of sad. As good as he was, I think he was already looking forward to mixed martial arts a little too early. Um, but this guy, his his uh, what do they call it? proprioception when you understand where you are, where your body is in space. Um, right. That his gas tank, his grip, his feel for the sport. Uh man, I think he's gonna be really, really hard for people to deal with. Hold on, we got Tommy calling in. Oh, okay. This is gonna be good. Tommy, what's up, man? Yo, yo, yo. Sorry about that. So you're you're our guest today. Me and Front Row Brian are hosting. Tommy's calling in. <laughs> um, Front Row Brian, how are you doing? We've never formally met. Yeah, first time, man. Hey, uh, pleasure to uh, to meet you. Early. But Tommy, you for the first time. Don't ever meet him in person because he'll get freaking hammered and break your refrigerator. You know, I just think <laughs> front row, Brian. I think from what I gather, you look a lot like Bruce Willis. If I'm just exactly, if I'm looking at your exactly. profile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you know, oh, I, uh, you know, I, oh, who was it? I did uh, lead you. Was, I did lead you to a life change, Brian, because I don't believe you touched Jack Daniel since you left my house that night. <laughs> you know, man, we gotta keep, we gotta keep this flow friendly, okay? Okay, all right, uh, my man. But uh, <laughs> I, I think I think it was Eddie Alvarez. I I, I met him once. And he's like, yeah, but your Twitter picture that, that's like an old guy. And I'm like, yeah, but that's, <laughs> that's Bruce Willis. Though. <laughs> Yeah. I oh, also I mean that I mean that in like kind of a funny way. I don't want Eddie to think I'm making fun of him, but you, know, kind of, <laughs> you are great. 
Okay, so Tommy, I so, was. Have you already have you already let our viewers know what I've been up to the past hour and a half? Two I, hours? You know, I didn't totally tell them. I told them, I told them that your car broke down and you were having AAA come to get you. But you know, if you want to further elaborate on what your what your situation is and what's going on, uh, then I was picking my do- I was picking my daughter up from her soccer practice, and I went to get back into my car, and the battery's dead. It's a 2012 Altima, and. For some reason, it didn't work, and so I had to. My wife then came to pick my daughter up because I lived 15 minutes from practice, and I waited for AAA to show up. It's just been one of those nights, you know. It's not one of those one. Of, it's not one of those situations that you post on Facebook and make a smiley face about. Huh. Um, so <laughs> we were going, we were going through the class of 2016 here, Tommy. Wrestlers to mixed martial artists. I I, they, okay. I I saved some of the bigger questions because I knew you were going to come on and I, w- I wanted to talk to you about it. Um, but so 2016, I was talking about how good I think Ed Ruth is going to be. We, so we got Pico, we got Ruth, we got Dronwin, Tyrell Fortune, looking like they're all going to fight 100% for sure. Um, and you know, we were kind of going through those guys and talking about how tough they were going to be. You got, you got anything to add about those guys? No, I think those are all obviously huge MMA prospects. They all have different skill sets or different ways about how, you know, mentally how they approach sport or combat for that matter. And I mean, yeah, we could talk about each one of them. I don't know if you've gone through all of them, but name, name them again. You got Pico, Ruth, Fortune, and who else? Deron Wynn is, he's signed with Zinkin. He's out in Fresno. Deron he's Wynn. training for mixed martial arts. He's a little older than the rest of them. I mean, Pico's 19. Right. Ruth's like 23. How old's Fortune? You know, Brian? I, I want to say 24. Okay. And then Duran's got to be, shoot, 27, 28, I'm guessing, somewhere around there? I would say then, so, yeah. If, if you want to expand this to international, there's the, the Greco world oh, champion. Oh, Makov. Makov. Yeah, he's... he's Makov's coming over, huh? Which is extra interesting because the, Dana always said, I needed more experience, yet Bilal Makov is zero and zero. <laughs> just, to throw, <laughs> yeah. just to throw that at you guys. Which, which is weird because the only only other two guys I remember they signed at zero and zero was James Tony and CM Punk. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you look at Makoff and you watch him wrestle, and to to my opinion, well, I think a lot more wrestlers should fight. But if there is a weight, I'd have to. If there's any weight more than other weights, where I'd say some of these wrestlers need to go fight, it's heavyweight. The division is so thin; it is really, really, really super thin. I mean, you you could be a top ten guy in three or four fights, and these guys are all old. They're going to be gone in three or four years. Every one of the top ten, damn near every one of them's old. Yeah, can, can you imagine Nick Wisdowski? You, you put him in Bellator, he, he'd be the be the champion. You put him in the UFC, five fights, he's in the top ten. Seriously, no no problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, I would say Makov's going to be, and I don't even know what his striking background is, or if he has any striking background. But going strictly based on wrestling, I mean, he's going to be hard to deal with very quickly. Well, the other thing, the other thing that's interesting, Ben, is that Makov cuts real weight to make two sixty four international. He does. Oh yeah, real weight. He Come probably on. weighs three hundred pounds. Yeah, no, no he's not no. that big. Is no, he... yeah, I know. I, I know that for listen, man. I wrestled the weight class. He won the world championship the same year I got fifth. The guy, the guy sucks a lot of weight. Ever? What's that? Have you beat him ever? I never wrestled him actually, but it, his first world title was in 07. He beat, uh, Alexi Rodriguez in the finals. He must have been young at that point then, huh? Yeah, he was like 21. Okay. So he's a little, so he's almost 30 years old then. Oh yeah, yeah, no, he's no spring chicken. I didn't realize but he, I he, 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 like cut, he, cut, he cut the tunnel, he cut the tunnel weight. He weighed 300 pounds. He's wow. massive. Wow. I guess watching him wrestle, I never realized he was that big. So, Tommy, what's your guess? you think he's going to be a butt kicker right away or what? Uh, no, I don't think he will be. I think really? there's a lot of – you know, I don't think he will be. I think if you watch him lately, he's, he struggles with the gas tank a little bit. And um, I just think transitioning over – Culturally and things like that will be an issue. I don't think he's, I don't know anything about fighting, by the way. So I'm just talking out of both ends right now, but just my huh. opinion, cause I have one. Um, I don't you think he's that fast. Fighting. You watch fighting, right? 
I watched it. I watched it. I mean, I'm a fan. He trained with these guys. Yeah, I wrestled with those guys, I, mean, I guess you could say. We trained Frank Mir, we trained Chuck Congo, and, you know, you, you've been around yeah. these guys. You know what they have to offer. I don't think, I don't think Makov is, uh, I don't think, I, I think MMA, uh, is advantageous to the to the pure athlete much more so than wrestling. And I don't know if Makov is is the pure athlete type of guy compared to um, the heavyweights now in MMA. Huh. I don't think his transition will be as. How do you think What's he that? compares to Cole Conrad from an athletic point of view? Good point. Because Tommy beat Cole to make the 2017. Is that's correct, right, Tommy? I beat him in the U.S. Open finals. I didn't um, in the trials. I uh, Mako made it out of it in many times. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, um, I would say that they're similar. They're similar. Mako Makov's probably you know maybe a little bit better athlete. I don't know. Hey, man. I will I, tell you I, a story. Feel... Cole Conrad is an elite athlete. You want to tell me? You want to hear a story about Cole Conrad, Tommy? Well, I went. Yeah, I went to the rookie mini camp with him at the. Uh, Jets trials. He, he is an elite athlete. I'm just talking about, we're talking about UFC top five, top six. I guess that's what it, the comparison I was trying to make for Makov. I think, I mean, to, to tell the story first, well, I, Cole and I were doing a wrestling camp together. This is way, 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 way back when. And I watched this dude. We were playing dodgeball. Tommy. He was the only person left on the team. They were, they were throwing oh. a bunch of balls at him, right? There was like a bunch of people versus he's the last one left. He catches one with his right hand. Boom. He catches one with his left hand. Boom. And he catches a third ball between his legs. I'm not even, I'm not <laughs> even lying. Right up. I was looking at him like, holy hell, did that just happen? Like, are you kidding me right now? Wow. It was impressive. <laughs> That's the real deal. The real deal. I thought, and I thought, you gotta Cole, put on the purple cobras. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great reference right there. Uh, I thought Cole, uh, had he continued MMA, and obviously he chose a very lucrative path um, in the real world, much like yourself, but I thought had he continued MMA, he would have been very, very, very difficult for people to deal with. doesn't matter what organization it was. Well, he's massive, too. I mean, he, yeah. he's a 300-pound guy. Mm-hmm. He's very large, yeah. big boy, and he knows how to train. You know, I mean, he just he just knows how to train every day, all the time. So, 100%. And the other thing about Cole was like he wasn't he wasn't afraid to get hit. You know, you could tell he was a he was a tough guy. You know, there were always stories about how he would really get the better of Brock Lesnar in training. And you know, unlike Brock, you know, he could mix it up and he wasn't he, he you know a punch comes in he wasn't flinching automatically. You know, he was he, he was, a, he was a legit fighter. Yep, I heard the same exact thing. So Tommy, I wanted to save a few of these bigger questions. So I yeah, think, yeah. So what have you guys covered and where are we at now? So I can kind of get in the game. We kind of just talked, you know, we talked about that first wave of Greco wrestlers who were the first real wrestlers to go from wrestling to MMA, you know, Couture, Linlin, Chael, all those guys, yeah. Dan Henderson. Then we talked about obviously the class of 2008 Olympic team, which, uh, you know, myself, Daniel, Henry, and then Steve fought a little bit also. Um, and then we talked about the class of 2016, but so I, I saved the bigger questions because I think you know, these couple of these are fairly philosophical um, when we talk about how wrestling is affected by mixed martial arts and wrestlers making the transition to mixed martial arts, right? Oh, yeah. It's 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 an interesting dynamic. I mean, it's something that continues to be more and more prevalent, at least in the wrestling culture, which, you know, what are our best guys going to do out of college or two or three hours out of college? How many people are we losing to, uh, you know, the MMA career path and what is it doing to the Olympic wrestling dynamic and then by them going to MMA how much is it helping wrestling or is it hurting these, wrestling? These are all the questions just, I want to talk about. You're, you're, it's just, yeah. You're it's like going down my list constant, right now. Constant topic of discussion. Okay, so for, first question. Go, Let's go. First, go. first question. And Brian, you feel free to chime in also. When sure. you're looking at guys... We need, to call, we need to call Brian Bruce for the rest of the episode. Bruce. All right, Bruce, whenever you're ready. Uh, when, uh, when a guy's wrestling internationally, what's the proper time for them to go to 
MMA. Because I've been fairly critical of these people also. The ones that hang around, they're five, six, seven. Um, and you know, we know they're never going to make a team. And they're not making very much money wrestling because Tommy, you and I have both been the number one guy. And we know the number one guy doesn't make that much money unless your name's Jordan Burroughs. Um, right. But so these other guys, four, five, six, when, when should some of them just go to MMA and make a crap ton of money? Is, is, so are we assuming that, that, that they really want to be, uh, an international wrestler? Are we, you know, I mean, what's going on in their mind? Is it something that they're complete? If, if they were competitive, you know, it's something they'd rather do than do MMA? Well, I, you know what? I think a lot of these people, uh, a lot of these wrestlers are kind of, they're stuck being in the traditionalist mindset. Like, I have to do this. I have to coach and make this money. And, um, they don't kind of look outside because once, once you kind of escape the community, you see, like, I, sometimes I see it as silly when I know, I know how much some of these guys are making. They're making fifteen to twenty thousand dollars a year. Um, and they could be making six figures, no problem fighting MMA. I, I have no doubt in my mind. Um, so at what point is it? Think, go ahead. I think if you, I think if you, if you, if you know you're gonna go into MMA and you know you want to do it, and it's something that you definitely want to do whenever your wrestling career ends, you have to really critically evaluate if you're truly in contention or not. And if you're not, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're making a, if you're not in contention to, to be on the Olympic team or do whatever it is you want to do internationally, you're making a bad economic decision by staying in wrestling. If yeah. it's not something you want to do then, then there's nothing wrong with wrestling, even if you're the number six guy. So I don't mean to give you a very blah answer, but to me, if, if you don't want the question is, do they want to do MMA or not? And if they know they want to go pursue an MMA career, if you know you want to do it, then you should only be wrestling if you're in contention. Yeah. But no, the, here, yeah. go ahead, Brian. Yeah. I, I was, exactly what, what Tommy said. You know, I'm so sick of seeing these guys who are, you know, they've been through two Olympic cycles and, and, and four or five years of college. They're coming in fifth or sixth every year and they keep going back. And I think, Molinaro making the team as like the ninth seed. I think that's going to cause a lot of these guys to be like, Hey, maybe I'll get lucky and I'll make the Olympic team too out of nowhere when they should be like, Hey, I should go get a real job. This wrestling thing. I gave it everything that I had. I need to go get a real job or maybe I got to go be a fighter and and start making some money. Yeah. For, for me, I think a lot of these guys, uh, you know, change is hard, Tommy. It's just like, like, you know, it's like that girlfriend that you have, and you know you should break up with her, but you're scared because she's going to cry when you say you're out the door. Right? Do you know what I'm saying, Tommy? Yeah. Have you ever yeah, had that no, situation? Of course. We've all been there. <laughs> Heartbreaking, Tommy. <laughs> but but I, I think, I think, um, I think we can't, we can't get lost on the, the motivation. You know, what's inside somebody. So, you know, we can't be critical of people that stay in wrestling, and it's like, he should be doing MMA. Well, what if he doesn't want to do MMA? But it's, 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 not, it's the point. same thing. I mean, like, for me, obviously I've done both at a high level. Wrestling's more difficult. but And to me, it's not even close. Um, wrestling at the right. highest level in America and internationally, um, the training and everything that goes along with it is so much more difficult on your mind and on your body than mixed martial arts. I mean... You know, like I said, I'm ranked, you know, ranked top 10 in the world right now in MMA, and I'm much, a much better wrestler than I am a mixed martial artist, and I wouldn't sniff the top 10 in wrestling right now in the world. I wouldn't sniff it. I wouldn't be anywhere in the, in the ballpark. Um, and we got a, I'm glad we got this recorded. Holy cow, Ben. Well, I mean, if I started training, you never know what's going to happen. But, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, to be totally honest about it, that, that, that's the truth. And, um, you know, in MMA, these guys aren't that good at what they do yet. So, like, a guy like Andrew Howe, who's been second to Burroughs forever, this guy would murder people in MMA, right? Or a heavyweight like uh, like a Don Bradley uh, would come and kick, wipe wipe the floor with people. So, uh, you know, why some of these guys aren't making this transition is, is mind-boggling to me because it's the same thing, right? You get in the gym, you work hard, you try to figure out how to be good at exactly what you're doing. And then you go home and you eat some dinner, right? No, if, if it's something you want to do, you, you, sh, you, sh, if it's something you want to do, there's no reason, there's no reason to wrestle 
uh, internationally to me, unless you're in contention for world and Olympic teams or even world and Olympic medals. And that, that's the, that's the whole point. It's, it's kind of like hanging around in the, in the, um, you know, Florida rookie baseball league, like, you know, 12 leagues down and for like eight years, you know, you try it out for a few years. If you can't make it to the bigs and you're, you're traveling around in a bus and staying in flea bag motels after three <laughs> or four years, it, it's time, it's time to, it's time to move on with your life. Not because you wasted a, a couple, not because you were wasting your time, but because you're about to be wasting your time. Yeah. Um, because, yeah. because you, you, you gave it a go and it's, it's now, um, something that's not a real possibility. Um, and you need to evaluate that and, and try to find ways to, um, you know, have that competitive outlet or whatever it is that you, you liked about the sport and, and apply it to, you know, building, building something outside of wrestling. So, or, or inside of wrestling as a coach, but I think the sport is, is, is so tough to your point, Ben. It's, it's hard to do if you're not in contention for something and it's hard to, hard to justify. So you, you see a lot of people and, and it's a sensitive subject for me because you also see a lot of people where they have a very real dream inside of them and it's a legitimate opportunity and, and there's a chance they could do it. And it's like, keep doing it. But then you have people that you just know they're hanger honors. Yeah, they kind of yeah. know deep down, they kind of, they kind of know deep down that it's not in the cards, but they're not sure what else to do. And, and so therefore they, they compete for 15 years or, or, or 12 years or eight years. And so that's tough, you know, for, for, to watch too. So, you know, for a man, it's just, there's not, there's not a whole lot of, a lot of way to advance yourself in the sport from a, from a livelihood perspective. So there's, there's other avenues out there. If you want to do MMA, it's certainly proven to be a lucrative vehicle for a number of our best guys, um, yourself included, Ben. Yeah. And if it's not something you want, if it's not something you want to do, there's a lot of other things you can do in your life. I mean, there's a lot of other things. So go do something. Be productive. You know what I mean? For sure. Okay. Big question. So I think this one's, to me, it's obvious, Tommy. Brian, I think it's obvious to you guys too. Um, Brian, let's see your feel. So how has MMA affected the popularity of the sport of wrestling? You know, I'm, I'm not inside the wrestling bubble as, as much as, as you guys are. I, I'm kind of, I kind of look at it as, as an outsider. I try to follow it the best I can. You know, I, I think participation, you guys can correct me on some of these, but I think participation is up. You know, the attendance record gets broken every year at the nationals or NCAA. You know, they were sold out at the Olympic trials. I mean, wrestling seems really popular. And you know, with, with all these concussions that are happening in football, you know, a lot of, a lot of moms are, are telling their kid, okay, you want to be in a contact sport, you can go wrestle. I'm not going to allow you to, to go play football. And, you know, the concussion thing is also a big part about why guys, you know, in wrestling are shying away, shying away from MMA because that's, that's totally for real. So any, yeah. any of these guys thinking about getting into MMA, I say, if, if, if you're not all the way in, then that means you're all the way out, but be all the way in for five years. And then at five years, know exactly what the hell you're going to do. Because you don't want to end up being one of these guys in your mid-30s, you know, going around to the regional promotions trying to get one last paycheck. That's, And then, you know, you don't have anything on your resume other than beating guys up in a cage. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a good point. Tommy, what do you think? How has it affected the popularity of the sport of wrestling? I think it's made wrestling uh, a lot more popular. I don't know if it's increased participation. Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't, but it's made wrestling more popular, if that makes any sense. I don't think it's as taboo anymore um, to be a, a wrestler at the junior high or high school level. These kids have so much ammunition if they get made fun of for wearing tights, you know, on a wrestling mat. You know, all of these cop- pop culture icons that we have that, are relevant in MMA and now relevant in our culture. You know, you could name the names. They either were phenomenal wrestlers or, or, or they train wrestling. And so to me, it's kind of made wrestling a little bit cool. It's given, it's given, uh, you know, kind of, it's kind of put the shine on wrestling a little bit as kind of a, kind of a cool thing or, or somewhat cool thing as opposed to this, this taboo, um, sport that it's like, you know, why would you do that? Instead, it's like, what do you mean, why would I do that? It's the number one discipline in mixed martial arts. You know, all the yeah. UFC guys do it. 
And even though that sounds really surface level to say that, I guarantee you it gets said thousands of times thousands. A day across America, across America in the lunchroom when some, somebody kind of cracks on wrestling to a high school kid who wrestles. Yeah, I mean, listen, we were in high school, all three of us, at one point in time. High school, middle school is very surface level, right? Right. So, uh, you know what? I agree with you to the point it's definitely made it um, more mainstream, more in touch with pop culture. Uh, the other thing, you know, Brian mentioned, uh, you know, with the attendance record, I think it's given wrestling people, some wrestling people, a better idea on how to promote. Right, because one of the things that make, that mixed martial arts does, whether it's the UFC or Bellator or, or one championship, is they promote the crap out of their events because they're businesses and they don't exist without making money, right? Um, no doubt. Which that's that's half of what allegedly the McGregor, McGregor debacle is about. Even well, though yeah, it's I really mean, not. you know, but <laughs> it's interesting because it's interesting, and I'll let you keep ranting then. But it's interesting okay. because mixed martial arts is at its at its very core is a for profit deal and wrestling as of right now at its core is a non-profit deal so unfortunately that's interesting yeah and it's, you know, thing- it's, it's it's one of those things I, I often wonder if you privatized it if you privatized the post office and you you had the the brightest guy from the harvard business school or kellogg school at northwestern i bet you they could get that thing profitable and people would think it was a great product but sometimes you know when when the when government body you know they just kind of Sorry, run guys. these run these things into the ground, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, the, the other thing I was going to say about, and kind of to your point, Brian, um, you know, a lot of levels, it is it is like, you know, just wrestling's in the schools and they don't promote it, but the, the one thing, Tommy, you, you said this phrase exactly, and I say this phrase all the time, but wrestling people, you don't hear it that much. Why don't wrestling people sell themselves as the number one martial art on the face of the planet? There is not a more effective martial art than amateur folk style wrestling. There isn't. There isn't. There is. You cannot argue it. It's not debatable. The facts are proven over and over and over again. Whether you want to go rankings from the UFC, MMA, whatever you want to do, that folk style wrestling is the most effective martial art on the face of the planet. No doubt. I mean, I don't even want to echo that because we're just going to beat a dead horse, but it is. It is by far the most coveted discipline within the within the mixed martial arts. It's it's not even close, and we could leverage that even more than we already do to gain more notoriety, more visibility, more popularity. I think so. That's what we got to do. So, what what do you think, Tommy? You, you kind of touched on this. How does how does this affect our, our U.S. international teams? I think that's something that a lot of the older wrestling people get really annoyed about. And I know I got harassed when I hung it up in 2010. Or 20, 2008 when I was, you know, essentially the beginning of my international career. And I said, hey, I want to go fight. Um, you know, a lot of the older, older wrestling people try to get me to come back because it makes Team USA better and tougher. And then, I, you know, as soon as Burroughs came on the scene, no one ever bothered me about coming back anymore, which, <laughs> which was <laughs> fantastic for me. But so how does, how does this affect our U.S. international team? How many of these guys could be making a difference? Um, what do you think that, what do you guys think there? From a, from a performance, per- performance perspective, culture, perspective, yes. performance, I think we'd have more depth. We would have more depth, would, which would, you know, it's like, hey, man, you, Ben, you're, you're a capitalist. You know, if, if there's a lot of competition, you know, the, the, the boat rises with the tide. And mm-hmm. so, so, so the boat would, you know, keep getting elevated. And so I think there would be more depth internationally for us. I don't think our Olympic team would be any better in the sense that you could take that that guy that's in MMA, you could put him on the Olympic team right now. But I think, you know, if there's more people competing um that are that are that can compete at a high level overseas, we'd probably be a little bit more competitive. But it doesn't bother me when people decide to go MMA because I feel like you know, Ben, wrestling is so hard. So hard. it's it's a it's it's a choice. I mean Gosh, if you don't want to do it, then please don't do it because you're going to torture yourself. Um, you're going to, you know, if you don't want to do it, then don't do it. I mean, it's just, you can't convince someone to wrestle. A lot of people tried to convince me to wrestle after 2008 and I tried to like make myself wrestle. I was like, I don't want to do this. And then it got, you know, I got, I got the, I got the itch back inside of me about two years later, but 
if you don't want to do it, if you want to do stuff, do something else, then whatever it is, you got to do it. And there's plenty of good reasons why MMA is a great avenue for people uh, that have a wrestling background. There's just there's too many good reasons to argue the logic, I guess. For sure. Um, Tommy, you know, I was thinking Brian's kind of on our side on this. We should have got someone on the on the show who freaking hated MMA and thought every wrestler who went to do MMA was a freaking idiot. <laughs> yeah. That would, that would have been fun to argue. I know. I wonder I, who, I, is, who is against that. Cause it's about. like almost every single college has a plethora of high level mixed martial artists, right? Right. And I think the argument, you know, I guess the argument that we're suggesting we could have with somebody, maybe like right around when you left, Ben, um, it was probably much more like 50 50 more of a, you know, a, a, an issue that's split down the middle in the wrestling community. I think now, with the popularity of MMA, it's kind of like, eh, I get it. You know, I, I mean, I kind of get it. You know, if, if that's what he wants to do, I, I get it. Because, and, and I think, I, th- I don't think you see that as much in wrestling as we used to. You still hear it from the old, the old guys. Um, but I think, yeah, you know, you, at the end of the day, it, it gives visibility to the sport. You know, Tommy and Ben, it's interesting. You know, some of these colleges now are, are attaching themselves to MMA fighters who have been really successful. Like, I, I kind of got a, a kick out of it. Like, Cal State Fullerton, right? They, they cut their wrestling program, but on the front page of their of their sports website, they're like, Cal State Fullerton along T.J. Dillashaw wins UFC championship. I didn't see that. Wow. The irony in that is amazing. Wow. You know, so it's like even, even like these, you know, colleges that are, you know, they're, they're state institutions. Like they're, they're like trying to attach themselves to, uh, to the success of somebody who's beaten somebody else up in a cage. <laughs> Interesting. That's good solves, stuff. Solves every, fighting solves everything. It really does. <laughs> right? Since the beginning of time. Um, oh man, yeah. Do, do you think, Ben, do you think though, like, there's, cause I, I think like, some of the things that I say on social media about like, about, you know, wrestlers coming to MMA, like, I think it upsets people, like, that from the rest, from the wrestling world, like. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I, definitely, I think some wrestling people get their feathers ruffled. When you point out the fact and the truth, and guys, this is why I fought at mixed martial arts, because I wasn't making a lot of money. I mean, I'll tell you exactly what I was making. I was making $18,000 from the University of Missouri. I made uh, $10,000 from USA Wrestling. I made $5,000 from Adidas. And I got a few bonuses when I won some tournaments here and there. And then everything else I made, I was hustling, selling T-shirts, doing clinics and camps and stuff like that. But my base salary right there, right? My base salary was $33,000. And I was, an, I was the number one guy, right? And so, so, ben, so, ben, so, Ben, we've never had this conversation, but like, why, why did you leave? You know, I, I, so I always had the interest, right? I always had an interest in MMA. I watched the original stuff back in the day, right? And then obviously, while I was in college, it was becoming more and more popular. And it was just, you know, I love combat sports, whether it's wrestling or, or fighting or whatever it is. I love it, right? And so. But you, how old were you? How old were was, you in 08? I was 23. So I, you know, for international terms, I'm, I was, Super young. Super right. young. But, you know, I saw the future and I, you know, I saw that, hey, I'm probably going to be having a, a wife and a family within a few years, which obviously I have a wife and two kids now. I, I saw that happening and I, you know, I just thought I wanted to be able to put some money in the bank for my family and, and, and money is not the end of everything, Tommy, but making some money makes things a lot easier in your life. I mean, just bottom line, and, and frankly, it allows you to help people and it allows you to do exactly what you want to do, right? I do what I want to do every single day because I've made enough money to be able to make those choices. I can't say what that's called, Brian, on the radio, but you know what I'm talking about. The, Vir- the Virgil <laughs> term. So, uh, so, you know, that's why I chose to go to mixed martial arts. And, uh, you know, thankfully it's afforded me, like I said, a great life. And it's not something I see as I'm going to do till I'm 40. I'm going to do it for another year or two. I'm going to finish making a whole bunch of money and then I'm going to coach wrestling because I love doing that as well. But that was kind of where I saw it. You know, I saw if I, 
I could have continued wrestling and, um, you know, lived a mo- very modest life, which is nothing, there's really nothing wrong with living a modest life. Um, but that wasn't what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to go make some money. I wanted to fight and I, I wanted to have, uh, and be able to have a nice, comfortable living for my family. So when you, obviously your goal was to win in Beijing, it didn't happen. Was it, was it difficult or was it easy to say, I'm going to walk away from the possibility of winning the Olympics in exchange for an MMA career, which economically, Ben, you've clearly, clearly made the right choice. Yeah. Um, so, so there's no argument there. Yeah. But I'm just talking about, was that a crossroads for you? You're yeah. 23 years old. Sure. It's, it, you know, you're, you're a baby on the international scene. You just popped onto the scene. Um, the Olympics didn't go the way you want. You didn't, you don't have much international experience. You can certainly improve in the sport of wrestling at this point, you know, right after the Olympics in Beijing. And you make the decision and, and it proved to be the right decision economically. And strictly economically, you can never argue the logic yeah. to the decision you made. But, but talk about, I mean, you, you, you are, you were, you were a guy that, that could have legitimately pursued another four years and possibly had a lot more success at the international level. So was yeah. that something that was tough for you? Um, you know, at the time, no, and, and, you know, it's only really in the last year where I think like, shoot, if I was, if I stuck around, I could have beat Jordan Burroughs and prevented him from doing what he did possibly. Right. Or had at least at very least a great rivalry series, like a Kenny Monday, Dave Schultz type of thing, something like that. Um, but, you know, I mean, really, from 2008 to 2015, I, I didn't think about that at all. And, and in 2008, when I when I got done, obviously, I was disappointed with the, how the outcome of the Olympics went. But I thought that was uh, the perfect opportunity for me to try mixed martial arts. And uh, actually, Team Takedown approached me in 2007 when I graduated college. And uh, I saw the financial disaster that that was way ahead of time. And obviously, that's turned out to be a financial disaster. Is that disaster. the Johnny Hendricks deal? Yeah. Johnny Hendricks managing yeah, those, group. Yeah, those it's, guys. Those guys called. Those guys called me in. Uh, I want to say like oh four, yeah, oh five. So they offered me a, a sweetheart upfront yep. package. You know what I mean? Yeah, I always thought it was betting against myself because, uh, you know, I figured if I won a lot of money, I'd actually lose a lot of money because of the deal they have, and that was what happened to Johnny Hendricks, and I think he's been pretty bitter about it. Um, Okay, but so in seven, they call me. I said, listen, it's, it's 16 months to the Olympics. I got to make this run. This has been a dream of mine for years, right? So I get done with 08 and I think, well, I might as well go get some fights as quick as I can, right? Kind of like this is what we were talking about, Brian earlier, we talking about this with Pico. He needs to go get fights right away because I got to figure out if, is this for me, right? And then with, we're really within 18 months of my MMA career starting. I won the Bellator tournament. I won the Bellator title and you know, I made in that just in that in that six months between when well, that was when sponsorships were, were good in mixed martial arts. But in that in that six or seven months, I made I think two hundred twenty thousand dollars or two hundred forty thousand dollars or something like that, right? And I'm the Bellator wow. champion, so I'm like, well, I guess this is for me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I guess this is what I'm doing now. And uh, right, you know, so you weren't you weren't completely sold then when you started out then. No, not not at all. In '08, when I got down to the Olympics, I said. I'm going to give it a shot. Right now, I'm going to give MMA a shot. If I hate it in the next year, I go back to wrestling. I got three years to the, till the London Olympics. I'm good to go, right? I can come back. Um, right, right. So, you know, like, and then like I said, I, I win three fights pretty in quick order. Bellator calls me. Bellator puts me in a tournament a few months later. I win that. Then I won the belt. And then, you know, and then I kind of said, okay, this is... This is what I'm doing. But yeah, so I mean, for other wrestlers, I see it as like, they sometimes they don't give that thought process an opportunity. And when you get in the gym and, uh, you know, you, you train the same way you train for anything. And it's almost easier because of the level of competition. Um, and you can, you know, put, ben, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know, for some of these guys, you know, like these really high profile guys that are in their early twenties and wrestling, like, they don't even want to get in an MMA gym because they're like, if I go in, if I go into that room and I start, you know, start having fun and I, I find out I'm pretty good at this and I love this, I'm, I'm not going to feel the same way about wrestling that I did, that I do right now. So it's almost like they don't want to be, they don't want, they don't want to, uh, take a, a, a sip of, of MMA, if you will, you know, 
because they're yeah. like they're they're afraid they'll they'll like it, and they'll, that Olympic dream in in twenty twenty is is now it's out the window. Yeah, that's actually pretty fun. You know what, Tommy? That actually made me think of a question for you, because I was the time Brian when you said that I think like when they go and they put their hands on some of these guys. Like for me, when I put my hands on someone, I got a good idea if they could ever beat me up or not. And uh so like Tommy, when you put your hands on a few of these guys you train with, and you realize. Grappling wise, you could probably get the upper hand on them, um, for sure. And doesn't that, didn't that make you want to say, Hey, forget that. I can do this crap. Didn't you ever think that or no? Um, that's, there's a lot of, that's a loaded question. I mean, yeah, when I, when I, when I trained with these guys, I mean, I felt, I know, I, I don't know that I could have beat them in a fight, but I do know this. I could take them down with my eyes closed if I didn't get kicked in the face. <laughs> and if I had them on the ground, I could smother them for days. For for days. Exactly. And so that's like two-thirds of the battle. Well, it's pretty boring. Honestly, it's probably not very marketable. He builds but, his, but he yeah, I recognize that from Jump Street. Um, but the, the reason why I never went to an MMA, I, I guess I thought about it, kind of. Um, I got pursued pretty heavily uh, a number of times by a number of entities. And I guess, I guess it just came to this, and you're going to make fun of me for this, Ben, but two things are a guarantee in MMA to me. If you do it, if you if you maximize your opportunity in MMA, two things are a guarantee. One, you're going to have to stand over someone and beat them senseless. And yeah. two, you're going to get beaten senseless. And I don't want to do either of those. <laughs> Well, no, the goal is to beat them senseless, not get beaten senseless. I know, man, but everybody's going to have their day, man. Hey, I haven't haven't had my day yet, so so we'll go on. Getting getting your hand raised and getting beaten senseless are two different. I've seen some pictures of you where it looks like you you had a tough day at the office, even though you got the hand raised. They had a tougher – the opponent had a tougher day at the office. I know that, but (laughs) anyway, so it's it's kind of a a cupcake – way to look at it but that really is i mean i could get into we could talk about it for hours but that's the root of why i never got into it. it's just not in my makeup to to want to do that and and i and, and you know honestly but i'm just as entertained by business opportunities as that i am uh you know doing mma or or competing in wrestling to me it's all the same competing is competing i think checkers is entertaining to me as as you know other things because if i'm trying to beat someone i'm trying to beat them you know what i mean yeah. Sure, Tommy. Sure. You make you, Tommy. You make a really good point because MMA is just it's it's not for everybody. I think I think it takes a you know a couple a couple screws loose in a healthy kind of way, <laughs> you know, to be really good at this thing. You know, you like, just punch him in the uh, face till the rest stops it. What's the issue? Yeah, I mean, look look at your fellow Mizzou Tiger, Who? Mark Ellis, who was highly recruited yeah. out of Mizzou to go out to AKA. AKA. Javi Mendez let him live in his house and, you know, gave him some money to start up. And, he, you know, he was all gun-ho, you know. He, and I thought, oh, yeah, this, this guy's going to be great. And it turned out guy guy wasn't a fighter. He, he, yeah. Just, yeah. he, didn't, have, he didn't have the mindset. Where, you know, I've been around you before your fight in Singapore. And, and you know, I, I think I, I asked you, I said, are you okay, you know, going to, going to bed tonight knowing if you're going to fight or not going to fight? And I think you you said to me, I don't care either way. I'll, I'll fight him, or if you don't want to fight, you don't have to fight. You know, <laughs> and I love like, that. I wow. love being around people that think that way. I love being I around like, people that that think that way. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, it's I, I interesting like, wow. what you what you said. It kind of it kind of reminds me, and this has nothing to do with MMA. Really, it has to do more with uh, like you know, kind of it factors or things that I think make people successful. And I feel like one of the the key ingredients that I see in somebody or one of the key characteristics that I see in somebody that is successful, it doesn't matter what it is, is that they really have a deep sense and understanding. They know themselves and you got to know that you're made for something. And that's a good point. And then I, I, then I think, you know, I think you knew that I can, I can do this. I intuitively know this is kind of up my alley. Yeah. And I kind of felt that I felt that way about MMA on the out. It's like, yeah, I don't, yeah, maybe on paper, you know, <laughs> take my, take my credentials on paper or my, 
physical makeup or my, you know, profile or whatever it is. Like, oh, yeah, he'd be great. You know, everyone's telling me that. But it's like, I think I know something about me that you guys don't. And that is, I don't think this is for me. But there are other things where I, you know, I jump into them head first. They're like, why are you doing this? It's like, because I know, because I know, because I know I want to do this. That's why. You know what I mean? And, that's a good point. And that's interesting, Ben, because you're, you're such a deductive reasoning type of person. I mean, you're, you're very logical. People think you're illogical. You're very <laughs> logical. And just the, just the, just the way you broke down what was going through your mind in 2008, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's just, just, just because that I wouldn't have done it that way doesn't mean that I don't understand why you did it for yourself, you know? For sure. Well, guys, we've been, we've been talking forever. Unless you guys got any closing thoughts, I think we should, uh, wrap it up before our listeners get too bored. Tommy, we didn't get to talk. You, we were supposed to be on early talk about Spencer Lee and Gavin Teasdale. Let's save that for next week. That'll be fun. And then we also will have the Olympic qualifiers to talk about next week. But you guys got any last thoughts about, uh, wrestling and MMA? Wrestlers going to MMA? I, I do want to just say on the record, I don't know if you guys covered, but I think MMA is good for wrestling overall. We could, we could isolate specific situations, but I think MMA has been nothing but good for wrestling. Agreed. Personally. 100%. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I would echo those. I think wrestling is good for, for MMA because it brings a lot of great athletes to the table and, you know, MMA can bring a lot of visibility to, to wrestling. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a good example. I became a wrestling fan because I was an MMA fan first and I said, I have to, I have to find, understand where these guys are from, what their backgrounds, what's their credentials. So I, I, right, I became right. a wrestling fan after MMA. So that was like, wrestling is, is growing by, by, um, awareness from MMA. For sure. So, all right, Brian, thanks for coming on as our host, Tommy. Glad you got uh, your car fixed and you ended up on the phone with us. Uh, so next week we'll be back. Thanks for thanks Rich for it, Bender. everybody. Rich, oh, Rich Bender's coming on next week. I'm, we got some tough questions for Rich. Uh, you know, I like him, but I'm going to ask him some tough questions, Tommy. Let's do it. Let's go. I'm sure he'll be ready. Let's go. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, Brian. See ya. You are listening to the T Row and Funky Show, brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built. Brought to you by All Force Nutrition, a wrestling company with products for wrestlers, by wrestlers. They sponsor a a plethora of senior-level athletes, including David Taylor, John Rear, Dustin Schlater, Zach Sanders. And their products are delicious. I've I've had their post-workout. I've had their pre-workout. I'm even getting old, so I'm taking some of the joint pills. Log on to allforcenutrition.com and get some of your products today.